one of the quotes from that little clip was, his peace to quieten all of the voices in our head. All of us have people that are speaking into our lives, some for good, some for not so good. And I want you maybe just these next 25 minutes or so to focus. To focus and let the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to you on this fourth Advent Sunday. And we're going to speak somewhat exclusively on the subject of the Prince of Peace. We have lit the candles of hope and love and joy in previous weeks. Today, the candle of peace. And please be reminded that all of us in this room are imperfect. There's not one of us who have it all together. We are like Paul in Romans 7. The things that I know that I shouldn't do are the things that I do, and I know the things that I should be doing are the things that I don't do. So we are all on level ground today. We need the peace of God. Paul talks about that element of peace as he speaks about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy Peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So that means that if I'm a follower of Jesus today, I should be exhibiting peace in my life. And yet sometimes it's an imperfect peace because of what I've got going on and all these voices in my head and I'm being pulled, I'm being tempted. I've got all kind of things going on that's pulling me in a thousand different directions. So that's why I'm thankful that there's a season of the year where there is the angel's candle. And we talk about the prophecy of peace. There's a beautiful passage in Luke 2 that I'm sure that you are familiar with, verse 13 and 14. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. There's nothing like peace that comes from God. Every time I've ever sat in my study or in a classroom or sat with someone in a parking lot somewhere and they had troubles in their life, we all long for peace. But yet if you look around, we've got more than we've ever had in the history of the world, but yet we're sadly lacking peace. We have wrongly made the assumption that I can buy peace, but you can't. That I can buy joy, I can buy love, and you can't. Today, people are more full of worry and anxiety than any other time in the history of humanity. Some of us have relationships that are full of conflict and stress. And then all you have to do is turn on CNN or Fox or MSNBC or one of the other news affiliates, and you see that the world at large is full of conflict and nothing but wars and rumors of wars. And yet a long time ago, about 700 years before Jesus was born, a man by the name of Isaiah gave us a word. He said in Isaiah 9 and 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Right after World War I, an organization was called together 
summoning the nations of the world, and it was called the League of Nations. It was to be the war to end all wars, World War I. Just a few years later, Adolf Hitler and his Nazi war machine, they invaded Poland in September of 39, and then World War II broke out, and then at the conclusion of World War II, uh, President Truman, General Eisenhower, countless others brought together what's called the United Nations. These organizations believe, wrongly I might add, that they can bring peace on earth. According to Scripture, only Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can bring peace on earth. Because true peace is, not, is a person, not an idea, not a treaty. And how we all long for that elusive peace so that our sons and daughters don't have to go to war. They don't have to go to battle. Of the past 3,400 years of recorded history, humans have been entirely at peace for only 268 years of them, or just 8%. And I don't know if you watch the news today. Sometimes it's better not to. But if you do, right now, the former Soviet Union, Russia, has 100,000 troops on the Polish and Ukrainian border. And it's rumored that sometime after the first of the year, they will invade. North Korea and Iran still want nuclear weapons. Afghanistan is once again controlled by the Taliban. China wants Taiwan back. The Boko Haram, a radical jihadi sect in and on the continent of Africa, continues to kidnap individuals and behead them. I'm just giving you a sampling of what's going on right now. And yet, we want peace on earth. We want somehow, someway, to someone to step in. Someone did this study. Over 8,000 treaties of peace that were meant to last forever have been broken. Why? Because you're dealing with fallen humanity. A cynic once said, peace is just a time for the world to reload. And oftentimes that is the case. But that's where Jesus comes in. Because Jesus is not only our hope at Christmas time. He's also our peace at all times. And it will only be in Jesus Christ one day that we will ever truly obtain peace on earth. So for my remaining time with you, I want to give you four things to consider this morning. First of all, that Jesus brings peace with God. Secondly, Jesus brings peace with self. Thirdly, Jesus brings peace with others. And then finally, Jesus will bring peace on earth. So let's talk about what I consider the most important. Jesus brings peace with God. The prophet Isaiah, summoned and called by God to be a witness and to be a writer, to give us words that we're still reading now 2,700 years later, he says in Isaiah 53 and 5, But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, with his stripes, we are healed. And if you look at the history of man, Isaiah could only be talking about Jesus. No one else. Only the Lord Jesus Christ. And he went to the cross for us. And I want you to consider this today, that I love Christmas time. I love, I love experiencing Christmas now through the eyes of my seven-year-old. 
When Zeke was our only child and during that time I loved seeing Christmas through his eyes. But if all we talk about is the birth of Jesus, born of the virgin in Bethlehem, and we don't talk about the cross, we've missed it. Because the birth in and of itself is not the gospel. The gospel is the birth, the sinless life, the death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the true, unmitigated story of Christmas. But there is another individual that's involved in this narrative. His name is John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. His mom and daddy was Elizabeth and Zacharias. Well, Zechariah had prophesied how John was going to go before Jesus, preparing the way for the one who would bring us peace with God through the forgiveness of our sins. Luke chapter 1 sort of details this. It says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. And because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from upon high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And I thought about that study in last week. Part of my responsibility as your pastor is to guide you into the way of peace. Your Sunday school teacher, our worship leader, everyone that's involved in any style and type of ministry at all is to show people, to guide them into the way of peace. And the way of peace is Jesus. But oh, how many of us have substituted the way of peace, which is Jesus, with other ways. Ways that lead to broad paths that ultimately lead to our destruction and demise instead of our joy. And there are some of you watching online today. Some of you are here on campus today, and you've tried every way possible except the way of peace. How's that working out for you? Oh, you may have momentary moments where, oh, this feels good. I'm going to keep doing this. And then it wears off. To God be the glory, the way of peace doesn't wear off. Well, 60 years later, the Apostle Paul wrote these words about peace with God through the Messiah. Romans 5 and 1, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you happen to be watching today or you're here in our services, I want to tell you that there's only one way to get peace with God. That's through Jesus, His Son. And I know that there's a lot of other religions out there that give you a lot of different ways. But Jesus said that I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And nobody can get to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ is the only way. Well, Pastor, that sort of sounds narrow-minded. Well, it is narrow-minded when you're right. Amen? And this is what God's Word says. This is the truth that could set you free today. Because religion will send you to hell. But a relationship with Jesus Christ, you get to go to heaven. Oh, yes, Jesus brings peace with God. But secondly, Jesus brings peace to our soul. I've been in ministry long enough to know that all of us are conflicted beings. And it's very important to have personal peace. Because personal peace allows you to lay your head on your pillow at night and sleep well. Even when life is crazy. And there's a lot going on, and there's tests to study for, and, and there's uh, bills to be paid, and there's doctor visits to be made. It is amazing that Jesus will bring peace 
to your soul. There's a man in Scripture in the narrative of the birth of Christ named Simeon. Simeon had asked the Lord that before he died, if he could see the Messiah. Luke 2, 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous, devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, which is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, which was circumcision, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles, those of us who are non-Jews, but also and for glory to your people Israel. Verse 29, so important, that your servant depart in peace. Ministry is a roller coaster at times. At one moment, you are ministering to someone right before their surgery, and the next moment you get a phone call that there's been a death, so you start preparing for a graveside. And then a, yet another family calls you and says that a new baby is about to be born. So there's all kind of emotions that float. But one of the greatest ministries that we have here at First Baptist is when someone's about to go home to be with the Lord. And I've done this many, many times over the last 30-plus years that, that there have been brothers and sisters in Christ, and they're coming to that moment where they get to depart in peace. You'll have a conversation. They'll say, Pastor, I'm ready. If you want to go ahead and pray, I'll just close my eyes, and I'll wake up with Jesus. And some have actually done so. But then there are others. And this is what's difficult for me. Families who have prayed, they've witnessed, they've told dad about Jesus, they've told mama about Jesus, they've told granddaddy about Jesus, and yet they say no. And they reject this good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only the birth of Jesus, but his sinless life, his vicarious death, and his glorious resurrection. And when they die, they split hell wide open. Today, friend, I want you to know that you know that you know that if death comes, you can depart in peace just like Simeon was able to do because he had seen the consolation of Israel. I, I put my faith and trust in Jesus at a young age. Some of you did as well. Some of you waited a little bit longer and you got saved at a youth camp. Others waited till you were in your 20s after college. Wherever you find yourself today, that's your only way to heaven. You must know Christ so what does that allow me to do, Joel, having peace with my own soul? Well, Philippians 4 sort of covers this. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, I'm not going to ask you if you were anxious about anything this past week. Because more than likely, we were. More than likely, there was a weak moment or two throughout the last seven days or so since we met together last Sunday, and, and we were anxious. He says, in order not to be anxious about anything, you've got to give everything to prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, and you let your request be made known to God. But then you go, but Joel, I did all that, and I was still anxious. Join the club. It's called being human. But then this is what he says. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, we may be going through something. 
Maybe it's uh, several different things going on at the same time. But there's that peace of God, even when you're anxious, that'll guard your heart and it will guard your head. I hope you have that peace of God today. Listen, if you don't, you're in the right place. And this is a safe place to get it if you don't. Because all of us long for that peace of God. Oh, yes, Jesus brings peace with God. Jesus brings peace to our soul. Then thirdly, Jesus brings peace with others. Who are you mad at? If you've been doing any Christmas shopping in the surrounding areas... You all know by now that we don't have the infrastructure for all the people that the world is coming to us. So therefore, you can get very frustrated going to Best Buy, amen? And people don't know how to drive in North Alabama. And I've had to watch myself lately because Zeke's about to get his driver's license and he's watching his daddy drive. And then he hears me. And he sees me, and I'm having to go, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Jesus brings peace with others. How can we go through all these challenges in our lives and these challenges in our relationships and still be at peace with others? I think we have to be grounded in God's Word. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility. And there are some of us, even now, even though it's Christmas and everybody's nice to each other, there's walls of hostility in your family. There's walls of hostility at your job. There's walls of hostility in your school. There's walls of hostility on your ball team. I could go on and on. And somebody has to be the adult and say, I'm no longer going to build a wall of hostility. I want peace. I want peace in my home. I want peace in my family. I want peace in me. See, I think Christmas time reminds us that Jesus came to break down the barriers. He came to bridge the gaps. He came to bring people together and to restore peace to damaged people. And every one of us are damaged. We're damaged by sin. And we need Jesus to repair us and to restore us and to bring us together. Colossians 3 and 15 helps me. It says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and to be thankful. We're about 92 days from the day that my dad had his stroke. And we've gone through the rehab gig, and now he's at home, and we're walking through that together. And I'm learning, even though things aren't the way that I would want them to be, I'm thankful for the way the things are. And it's very tough sometimes because when I don't get my way, how many of y'all like getting your way? Okay. So even when you don't get your way, and maybe the prayer was not answered the way that you wanted it to be answered, but yet you've learned to be thankful because the peace of Christ rules in your heart. And all we got to do is look around and see people that are struggling much more than we are. People that are much sicker than we are. People that have things going on in their families much more than we have going on in our families. I think you get the point. But learning how to be thankful. So let me try to land the plane. Jesus brings peace with God. Jesus brings peace to our soul. Jesus brings peace with others. And one day, Jesus will bring peace on earth. I want to carry you back to Isaiah. 700 years These words written before the birth of Jesus. 
He said in Isaiah 2 and 4 that he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. When's that going to happen? When Jesus comes back and he sets up his kingdom on planet earth. Right now we are what's called affectionately the church age. At some point in time out in the future, Jesus is going to come back. In the midst of that, or right after that, a tribulation period like the world has never seen before. We think it's bad. We think inflation's tough now. We think wars and rumors of wars bad now. Just wait till then. And then at the consummation, Revelation 19 says that we who are in Christ will come back with him riding on stallions. And Jesus will set up his kingdom upon planet earth. Then there will be peace. And let me give you one of the indicators of this piece. It's just a few chapters later, Isaiah 11. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them, Jesus. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. The weaned child shall put his hand in the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day the root of Jesse, which is Jesus, who shall stand as a signal for all the peoples of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. I long for that day where there is eternal peace. And it will be here on planet earth. That's where we hear that song, and the lion shall lay down with the lamb one day. We actually see what Scripture says in Isaiah 11. That there will be no more carnivores. There will be no more predators. There will be no more victims. That at one time which were enemies will now lie down together and graze together. And only Jesus can bring that kind of peace. That kind of peace is not going to happen right now between democracy and Marxism and dictatorships and communism. Uh Uh-uh. It's not going to happen right now, but one day it will. Because Jesus will come back as our Prince of Peace. 700 years later on that first Christmas, the angels announced the birth of Jesus, Luke 2. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So where does this leave us here these last few minutes together? It brings us to a question. How does Jesus bring peace to the earth today? It happens when those of us who are his followers live in peace and dwell in peace. The Bible says in Colossians 1, For in Jesus all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Again, I love Christmas, and I love the Christmas story. But the Christmas story is incomplete without the blood of his cross. Today, friend, baby Jesus has grown up. He's become a young man. And he took upon himself my sin and your sin. And he willingly went to the cross because of the definite plan and foreknowledge of God.
People often ask, Joel, who killed Jesus? Did the Jews kill Jesus? Did the Gentiles kill Jesus? Did the Romans kill Jesus? I said, Jesus willingly laid down his life. Oh, he could have called the angels. But that wasn't part of the plan. The plan was to take the one who knew no sin and become sin so that all of us who are sinful could become sinless. That's the gospel. And listen, if you have not ever believed on that today, friend, you need to be saved. You need to find this peace with God on planet Earth right now. Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow, are we? I spoke with a precious lady at the middle service just a little while ago and was asking me to pray for a particular family, 53 years of age, that had passed away. 53. And all of us know someone. All of us know a family that's grieving right now during the holidays. So this is what I ask you. Do, do you have peace with God this morning? Do you have peace with yourself this morning? Have you forgiven yourself? Listen, everybody in this room got a past. You just don't have to live there anymore. If Jesus has set you free, you may remember some of it, but that's not you anymore. Thirdly, do you have peace with others this morning? Who do you need to make a phone call to? Who do you need to make a visit to? Before you observe the Lord's table again, who do you need to get right with? And then lastly, do we have peace on earth this morning? Well, we don't. We wish we did. But one day we will. Because Jesus will return into the Mount of Olives as he once promised. That as you see me leave one day, I will come back. But Joel, I'm just restless right now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I, there's just so, I'm, I'm, not really at, I'm not really in trouble, but I'm not at peace. I'm just sort of restless. This is what St. Augustine in the first century said. Our heart is restless until it rests in you. And maybe you've been trying to find rest in another person. Maybe you've been trying to find rest in a place or a thing. Could I encourage you today? Our heart is restless until it rests in Jesus. I want you to bow your heads with me. You've been so gracious. And as we get ready to have our time of invitation, I, I want to share this quickly with you. And I don't know where it originated from. I don't, I don't have the, the reference, if you will, but I want you to picture a massive storm, a hurricane raging over the ocean. And for those of us that love to travel down to, uh, to the coast, we know that sometimes tornadoes have come and hurricanes have come and it's interrupted our vacations. Picture that massive storm raging over the ocean and on the surface of the sea, violent winds that are whipping the water into a giant wave. They create scenes of havoc and chaos. But now I want you to change your thoughts and I want you to think about 25 feet below the surface. The water's clear. The water's calm. All the aquatic marine life go on living their lives totally under... Uh, unaware of the thunderous tumult just above them. And this is what the writer said. When there is depth, there is peace. 
And some of us, we know John 3.16, but our discipleship stopped there. So we are proverbially about a mile wide and an inch deep. So when life happens to us, we can't handle it. There's no depth. When there is depth, there is peace. So it is with the Christian life. I'm not saying that you and I are immune, nor should we be oblivious to when things happen around us. But there's something about going deeper with Jesus. And some of us watching right now online, some, some of us here on campus, we, we're walking through some things right now. And maybe God finally has our attention. C.S. Lewis put it this way. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deafened world. If you've turned down the volume way too many times on Bible preaching, Bible singing, and maybe now you find yourself longing for some answers, your answer and my answer is Jesus. He's a starting point. He's our all in all. He's our everything. But yet some of us, for whatever reason, still have troubled hearts. And on this fourth Sunday of Advent, I pray that you find peace and hope and love and joy.